The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Business Channel. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericabusiness.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. Welcome to a very refreshing hour of business talk. This is Game-Changing Utilities of the Future, presented by SAP. The best-run businesses run SAP. You'll hear from the innovators who know how to use game-changing technologies and business strategies to transform industries. And importantly, they will discuss how these technologies and strategies can shake up the status quo in your company's future and help your organization move in exciting new directions. Now, here's your host and moderator, Bonnie D. Graham. Welcome, welcome, welcome. If you want to run with the Game Changers, you are in the right place. Let's see what the buzz is. Oh, my. I found it. A very interesting quote from a man named Nathaniel J. Sheik, S-A-G-I-K. He's president and CEO of a company called SoftSmiths. He's talking about utilities. That's our series. Let me read this and see if it resonates with you out there. He says, a friend recently contacted a local utility district to get water connected to his new house, dot, dot, dot. He inquired how he could electronically make his request. He could not. The utility district offered its services to the public as if it were 1985 instead of the year he wrote this, 2013. So let that sink in for a second. Have any of you have that kind of experience? I actually have recently. Quite shocking. So... Consumers of utilities today, what are you dealing with? If you're in the industry, of course you want to listen to this, but come on, all of us use utilities some way no matter where we live. So this is a topic that resonates with us either as in the industry or as the consumers I'm going to address right now. Consumers of utilities today are smarter and more demanding than ever. Yes, we are. What has changed? Well, we've recently seen the emergence of something called the energy prosumer. Think about that, consumer, consumer, and we'll talk about the pro part in a few minutes. The energy prosumer brings new levels of awareness and concerns about many things, environmental and energy sustainability, reliability of the service, fair pricing. Oh, my goodness, if we could only not have to worry about no competition. We're concerned about our interactions with utilities, and we also have more spend in different ways. Some newcomers to the industry are looking to tap into our wallets. So let's look at what the utility industry can do to make us happier. Well, along comes cloud computing. Some of them are adopting it, some are not, but we have a sense that if they do, they can improve customer satisfaction on all of the levels I just mentioned. We have a terrific panel today. They're experts in the field. We're going to explore. Our topic is utilities, customer engagement, looking better, and I'm going to add sounding better in the cloud. Our panel today, let me tell you who they are. First up in a moment, I'll be introducing Vanessa Edmonds. She's the leader of TMG Consulting's research practice, Research, Innovate, 
Materialize Solutions called RIM Solutions with a trademark after it. Joining her on the panel is Dean Afzil. He's the global B2B marketing lead at SAP Hybris. He'll tell us what he does after Vanessa tells us what she does. And rounding out the panel is the sponsor of this extraordinary series. Yes, I said it, James. James McClellan, Senior Global Director of SAP Utilities and Energy Industry Marketing. Wait till you hear the quotes they've sent us for the opening. So I'm circling around the table to Vanessa Edmonds, and she has sent us a quote from Dean Kamen. You may not know his name. He's uh, very much alive and well, only age 66, born in 1951. I call him a kid. He's an American engineer, inventor, and businessman, best known for inventing the Segway, S-E-G-W-A-Y. Let me just tell you a little bit. He's the son of Jack Kamen, who was an illustrator for Mad Magazine and Weird Science and other easy comics. He was born on Long Island, where I am here, and he invented something called the drug infusion pump auto syringe, and he came up with the Synergy Segway is Segway PT. It's an electric, self-balancing human transporter with a computer-controlled gyroscopic stabilization and control system. Just look up Dean Kamen, K-A-M-E-N, and you'll see pictures of it. Here's the quote, great quote. Every once in a while, a new technology, an old problem, and a big idea turn into an innovation. Vanessa Edmonds, so pleased to have you on the show. How are you today, Vanessa? I'm great. Thanks, Bonnie. Thanks for joining us. Talk to me. You, are you a big follower of uh, Dean Kamen, all of his wonderful inventions? What do you think? Well, I'm a big follower of inventors. I find them quite fascinating in this idea of taking old problems. So, you know, it, with the Segway, and he also invented a prototype for a wheelchair that actually climbs stairs, which is pretty fascinating. So what he's doing is, is looking at the problem of people getting around and those who maybe can't get around as well and he's using technology to innovate and make things easier for them. So in the case of the Segway, for those of you who don't, in your mind, you can't picture a Segway, imagine an upright vacuum cleaner and you're riding on it backwards with two big wheels. And so this has allowed people who have issues with walking to get around, you know, go see cities like New York City where, you know, there's a lot of walking required. It's also being used by park services police officers, and it goes three times faster than the average person walks. So I find him pretty fascinating because he's really helping people through technology innovation. Absolutely. Now let's talk about this quote and let's link the quote, Vanessa, to our topic. We're talking about the utilities industry, whether you're in the industry, whether you use it, and who doesn't. So the idea that new tech, old problem, big idea, turn into an innovation, what's left in terms of innovation that we would love to see in utilities? And let's link it to the cloud. What do you observe? Well, I mean, going back to major innovations and and helping us do things better, you think of things like the GPS. I mean, there were days when we had to use the old paper maps. You think of cell phones. I mean, all of us who have been alive long enough can relate to going to meet your friends at the mall when you were in high school and not being able to find each other um, because you you crossed your wires in terms of where you're supposed to meet and there's no way to call each other. Um, The microwave oven, remote control. So, When you look at these things and then you think about the technologies that are available today to help utilities, you know, and especially through the cloud, we're looking at opportunities for people to communicate with each other in live environments. Um, That gives utilities the opportunity to listen to what they're saying and be able to respond quickly to the needs of customers. You're looking at the automation of processes that really streamline the way we do things that move us from sort of archaic paper-based sort of situations. There's just a whole lot of opportunities that I know we're going to dig into today on, on today's call more. 
Thank you very much, Vanessa. Happy to have you here, and thanks for the explanation about Dean Kamen's inventions. I like the fact that you follow inventors. I think we all should, actually. Uh, maybe they're just uh, the people who are in- inhabiting Silicon Valley and other hotbeds of innovation around the world and see what they're up to. That way we'll find out what our life will be like tomorrow and the day after. Thank you very much, Dean. Afzel is our next, no, I was going to say our, our next uh, uh, contestant. I thought I was on a game show for a second. Dean is with SAP Hybris, and he has found a quote from Robin Sharma. Anybody scratching your head, Robin, who? Robin Sharma is a Canadian writer and leadership speaker, best known for his The Monk Who Sold His Ferrari series. Interestingly enough, he was a litigation lawyer. He walked away from his legal career at age 25 because he was just unhappy with his life, and he started self-publishing Mega Living, a guide to stress management that incorporated Western and Eastern spirituality techniques. He then self-published The Monk Who Sold His Ferrari, which was picked up. It was so great, HarperCollins picked it up, and it became a Canadian and international bestseller. Here's the quote Dean has selected. Change is hard at first, messy in the middle, and gorgeous at the end. Dean Afsell, welcome to Game Changers. How are you? Uh, I'm great. Thank you, Bonnie. And it's, uh, it's great being on your show. Thank and, you very um, much. I, well, I love Robin Sharma. And, you know, I love this quote specifically because it's so relevant not only to our personal life, but it's very, very relevant to the utilities industry. And I wanted to go ahead and unpack, you know, this concept of change and how it's relevant, you know, within the context of our, our, our topic. So if we were to take change and categorize it, you know, there's three very broad areas that are changing that utilities need to pay attention to. Um, the first is consumers and customers um, and expectations. Uh, the second is companies and the competition that they're facing now. And the third is the industry as a whole is changing. Now, if we were to take the, the first category, which is customers, we don't really need to go too far. If we look within ourselves, we're hyper-connected, we're very aware of our options, and our threshold for bad experiences is very, very low. And these are realities that the utilities mm-hmm. need to really come, come to bear with. Um, the second is competition. So digitally native companies like Amazon and Google and eBay and Airbnb, these are companies, every decision they make is based on data. And this is what utilities are now up against. So they really need to up their capabilities in understanding and responding and then course correcting based on data. And then the last one is the industry. So as a whole, the industry is evolving. You know, utilities are no longer simply energy suppliers. They are turnkey solution providers. So when they combine or bundle their core energy service with add-on services that are non-commodity, like, for example, your home warranty or home insurance, or when they start selling smart bulbs and smart plugs, they now start managing the overall energy ecosystem. And they're not just simply one supplier. And where does the cloud really come into this, right? So the real benefit that we see in cloud is it brings speed and agility to the business side of utility. Whether the business wants to better understand their customers so they can better in the moment personalize uh, an offer that they provide them, or whether they want to launch a pop-up marketplace where they're selling these add-on services like warranties and these smart Mm -hmm. bulbs and smart plugs. Um, So we really feel, and I really feel, that the cloud itself brings the speed and agility that the industry now requires to actually get ahead 
not only of this competition that's coming in from sideways, like the IKEAs of the world and the Lowe's of the world that are selling home solutions, uh, but also to better understand their customers so they can be relevant and contextual. Thank you very much. Very interesting perspective, uh, Dean. Good introduction. And let's turn to James McClellan now. I want to make sure we get all three of you up quickly here with your quotes. James is intoning the Rolling Stones back in 1965. One of their best songs. It actually topped the pop charts in the U.S., U.K., and Germany that year. I'm just going to one, two, three, four, five, six, eight. Seven words. Hey, you, get off of my cloud. I'm not going to sing it. James, how in the world did you come up with that for a show about utilities and cloud? Love the quote, and I have all the lyrics printed here. If you want me to read them later, you can sing them. James McClellan, welcome. How are you today? I'm doing well, Bonnie. Thanks very much. I love the quote. Can I read just a little bit of the, of the uh, lyrics? Do you mind for a second? I'll sing along. Oh, no, I'm going to read them. I live in an apartment on the 99th floor of my block, and I sit at home looking out the window, imagining the world has stopped. Then in flies a guy who's all dressed up like a Union Jack and says, I won five pounds. If I have this kind, his kind of detergent pack, I said, hey, you get off of my cloud, blah, blah, blah. Don't hang around because two's a crowd in my cloud, baby. So how many is a crowd in the cloud? Oh, that rhymes. How many are a crowd in the cloud of the utilities today, James? That's a good segue. Go ahead. <laughs> yeah, well, I, I wanted to pick that quote because uh, part of the focus today is on cloud, but I'm always amazed with the research that you do on the quotes, so I wanted to see if I could issue you a challenge to see what you were going to come up with for this one. So, But uh, <laughs> when, we, when we take a look at the cloud, uh, it, it's funny. Two years ago, I was talking with a couple of board members uh, from a large utility, and we were discussing what their strategy was about going to the cloud. And mm-hmm. they stopped me almost mid-sentence and said, James, you know, this cloud stuff, it's not even on our agenda. It's not even on the radar. Uh, we're not even sure that we would ever go to the cloud. We're worried about privacy. Uh, what would we even leverage it for? And two years later, I spoke with the same board members. And they were saying, you know, it's funny. The cloud is a strategy that's on every board member's table right now. That's up at the board level that utilities are starting to take a look at the migration to the cloud if they haven't already started to, to make the move to the cloud. So it's interesting to see how quickly this is actually being adopted by utilities. And to Dean's point, you know, they need to have the agility. They're under constant pressure right now uh, that they have to get into new type of business models. And the traditional way that they provided and rolled out solutions just isn't cutting it anymore. They need to have that speed and agility. So... Uh, you know, to Dean's point again, uh, they, they need to be able to make the move. They need to be able to trigger and go into new dis- different type of marketplaces. And they, they struggle also that, you know, they're saying, do I go private cloud? Do I go public cloud? Mm-hmm. Do I go hybrid cloud? Forget all that discussion. Cloud is cloud, and it, you have to be nimble that way. So this is why utilities are really focused on the cloud now today. Thank you. And James, I need a definition from you, if I may impose. Prosumer. I mentioned it in the beginning in my opening. We've talked about this before. I said the emerging energy prosumer brings new levels of awareness and concerns addressing with Vanessa. And Dean said, we want agility. We want flexibility. We want them to talk to us. We want them to allow us to do our business with utility any way we want, mostly digitally today, at least for many of us. So can you define energy prosumer for me, please, James? Sure. So the, the traditional way was the utilities, they, they generated the power 
and we are all consumers of energy. But with the new models that are coming out today, whether it's solar panels, uh, whether it's wind turbines, that we, as being consumers, can also produce our own energy. And if we have excess, that we can actually provide that or sell it back to the grid. We are now also becoming producers of energy. So it's a two-way flow of energy, but we are now actually providing, and that's where the pro comes out, uh, that we are providing and also consuming. That's the prosumer. Now, who is this person? Is it Vanessa? Is it Dean? Is it you? Is it me? How would I do that? I'm, I'm about to move into a private house. How would I have that excess energy to sell back to the grid? Would I have a solar panel on my roof? What would I have to do to qualify or get into that club, James? Yeah, if, if, uh, if you have a means of being able to provide or produce energy and you are able to produce more energy than what you would actually uh, consume, now you have access. So now you can tap back uh, with an additional meter, working with your utility to actually sell back your energy uh, to the local utility company that they can now help uh, balance out the, the, the peaks and valleys of, of overall consumer demands. So uh, most people have that capability today. It's now, do you want to put that infrastructure onto your property? Uh, maybe you're in a, an apartment building that you're going to be with a co-op that does something like this. Uh, many of the new housing developments, are, are uh, the communities are, are also addressing their own community solar farms that we will power just within our community. And if there's excess, then we can sell back off again to neighboring areas. Thank you very much. I'm going to change the format a little. I'm being told that my line is a little bit wonky, as my engineer says. So I tell you what, we're going to go early to break, but that doesn't mean I'm not going to come back and ask Vanessa, Dean, and James, where are you calling from and what's in your cup today, because that's part of our, our format. So I'm just going to quickly go to break here so I can reset the line. You're listening to Game Changing Utilities of the Future. We're talking about utilities, customer engagement, looking better, sounding better, feeling better, producing more faster and more agilely in the cloud. Yes, it's a natural break. We'll be right back. Give us about a minute and a half to two minutes. I'm going to reset the line. Everybody take a quick break and we'll come right back. So don't even think of touching that mouse, that app, that dial. There's a lot more. Kevin out. When it comes to business, you'll find the experts here. Voice America Business Network. The digital world is moving faster than ever, and the future will be defined by how quickly business leaders adapt to accelerated ongoing change. The definition of future success is being shaped by many factors, such as more digitally demanding employees, customers, and partners, an increasing variety of digital devices, resource scarcity coupled with data abundance, and extensive business networks and complex supply chains. Join our experts as they analyze and discuss how the digital world can lead to a better future for everyone. Game-changing utilities of the future is presented by SAP. Visit SAP.com. Have you become a member yet? Sign up now to become a member of Voice America. It's always free and easy. Plus, you get to take advantage of some great member benefits. Get unlimited access to millions of hours of on-demand content across all of our channels. Keep track of your favorite episodes, shows, and hosts in your own customizable library. Find out what shows you might be interested in based on your favorites. Plus, you get insider access with our newsletter. Membership gives you more. Sign up at voiceamerica.com and click register at the top right. 
When it comes to business, you'll find the experts here. Voice America Business Network. You're listening to Game-Changing Utilities of the Future, presented by SAP. Email your comments and questions to bonnie.d.gram at sap.com. And you're invited to tweet during and after the live show at Twitter hashtag SAPRADIO. Now, let's get back to game-changing utilities of the future. Exactly. We're back, clearer and sharper, hopefully, than ever. And we're talking today with Vanessa Edmonds at TMG Consulting, Dean Afsell at SAP Hybris, and James McClelland at SAP Utilities and Energy Industry Marketing. I'm going to ask my three panelists what we didn't do before the break. Vanessa, you're up first. Where are you calling from? What do you love to drink? If you're not drinking it right now, what would you rather be drinking? And also tell me 60 second overview of what do you do and what is TMG Consulting? Go ahead, Vanessa. Thanks, Bonnie. So I am actually calling in from Atlanta, Georgia today. I'm a transplant, and I should then tell you that sweet tea is my favorite drink, but that would be untrue. So I actually grew up in Portland, Oregon, and the oldest restaurant there is a restaurant called Huber's, and their signature drink is a drink called the Spanish coffee. And the Spanish coffee, the way they serve it, it's, it's quite a show, and there's fire and things involved, and I'm just very nostalgic. I got my undergrad at Portland State where I walked, you know, all over downtown. Portland's a very cool city, so anytime my husband and I are back in Portland, we usually end up at Huber's for a nightcap. Well, I'm looking right now here at there is actually, Vanessa, a YouTube video of the bartender creating Spanish coffee at Huber's in Portland, Oregon. Have you seen that? Have you seen it? I have not seen it. I've, I've only seen it in real life. I didn't actually well, see it online, no. Well, i got to tell you, he is circling. He's, he's flaming the glasses. He's flaming the liquid in the glasses. It's a close-up. It'll, you need a Dramamine to watch this video. He's going in big circles with the glasses. It's a big hoopla, very dramatic, and then he's pouring the flame. James, you have to look at this. It's just amazing. I'm going to post the, post the link. Thank you, Vanessa. Now, let's talk serious stuff. Vanessa, what is TMG Consulting, and what do you do there? So TMG Consulting is a consulting agency, clearly, and what we do is we help utilities. We go in and we assess what solutions they have, what applications they have, especially on um, the systems of record and, and then also some of the ancillary systems. And we look at what they have and then what the strategy needs to be around those. So do we extend them? Do we replace them? What's the timeline for that? We can then take the utility all the way through a procurement. So we do the RFPs and all of the interviews and whatnot. And then we can also help them implement their systems. So that is overall what TMG does. So in addition to helping utilities with that through our consultants who are really great, my team is the research arm. And so in addition to, you know, what's happening sort of at the utility, anything that they want to know in the form of intelligence. So what we really focus on is mitigating risks, helping them identify opportunities, and then helping them really prepare for the future because the future is always coming at us faster than we expect it. So that's what we do. Thank you very much, and I'm going to post this link. I don't want to get distracted here, but this is really cool. Thank you very much. We Thanks, we get buddy. so many drinks from so many people, Vanessa, and James has heard so many of them. And once in a while, more more often recently, we're getting some really new exciting drinks. So thanks for the intro. Dean Avsell at SAP Hydra. Same questions. Where are you calling from? What do you love to drink? And what do you do at Hybris? What is SAP Hydra for our listeners who don't know? Sure. Uh, well, I'm calling in from Chicago. That's where I live with my family. 
And uh, the drink that I want to share today is it's not very exciting, but it's, it's very special to me. Um, and it's chai. Um, chai is something that I started, uh, you know, making for my, my parents when I was six years old. And it's a family tradition. It's very ceremonial, the process and how we make it. So in times of happiness, when we're sad, when we have something sweet in the house, after this meeting, for breakfast, when we're stressed out, we have chai. So it's a big family tradition. Whenever we get together, we always have chai. And, you know, I've kind of, uh, I live by chai. <laughs> so that's my drink. Um, Thank you. And tell me, SAP Hydrus, uh, I know it's one of our acquisitions, one of our companies. How long mm-hmm. have you been there? What sure. does Hybris do? Tell everybody, what in the world does it do? Sure. So Hybris was acquired by SAP in 2013, and it was at the time the leader in the enterprise commerce space. Uh, post-acquisition, uh, the portfolio of SAP Hybris has expanded. So a very simple way to understand what Hybris is It is the connected front office of SAP. So anything that deals with customer engagement, whether that's marketing, commerce, billing, or CRM, sales and service. So whenever you think about the front office, any capability or technology you need to engage your customer, that's what SAP Hybris represents. And my role specifically at Hybris is, so uh, I'm the lead for B2B and energy resources uh, uh, industries at uh, Hybris. And I'm very close to the go-to-market, so uh, I'm the storyteller, um, you know, translating product spec into value, use case-driven value that we can then offer our customers. So, again, on the go-to-market side, mostly on the content marketing side, um, and again, I absolutely love what I do, and I love the company. I'm, we can tell how happy you sound from your voice, Dean, and it does come through. So thank you. You're smiling when you talk. We like that. And now James McClellan. James, where are you today? And you've done this so many times. Anything new in the cup? Or what, what do you want to tell us about, James? <laughs> I'm, I'm calling in from sunny and hot, hot, hot Fort Worth, Texas here today. So they're putting the heat index up to, I think, 107 this afternoon. So. It's a a warm one. It's a warm one, but it is Texas. And because of the heat, I'm sticking with my traditional drink here, Bonnie. Uh, It's an unsweetened iced tea. It's a Lipton iced tea. And just to try and keep ourselves cool so I'm not stressing the air conditioning system around here and pumping more energy than, than I need. There you go. You want, are you a, by the way, are you a prosumer of energy, Mr. McClelland? I am not at this point. The community I live in unfortunately frowns upon having solar panels on your roof, although this would be a prime location for it. So uh, I'll, I'll have to be quiet on how I really approach my homeowners association, <laughs> but uh, they, they consider the solar panels an eyesore, and yet I would be one of the first ones, if I could, probably to pop them onto the roof. Well, you know what? I'll I'll be stay to, staying to in touch with you because I'm moving to a place with the homeowners association, and I may want to do it too. So I'll I'll use how you converse with them and how you approach it with them. Uh, by the way, Vanessa, are you a prosumer? And Dean, either one of you, energy prosumer? I, I am not, unfortunately. Dean, what about um, you? I'm in the process of actually putting solar panels up, so I'm I might be a really good use case if you have any questions on some of the problems <laughs> that you face when you, you go through the problem. You know what? Maybe we will. James, uh, I know you might have one more episode this season, but next year, why don't we do one on the uh, profile of the actual energy prosumer? I think that'd be an interesting topic. What do you think, James? Yeah? It's a very good possibility. We have an awful lot of prosumers, actually, at, uh, at our company, and uh, 
they can speak on what the value is, what the challenges are, but uh, uh, I know that when I speak with one of my friends who's out on the West Coast, I think he averages $1.92 in his electric bill per month. Excuse me? Or as they used to say on the Steve Harvey show, excuse you. <laughs> wow. You know something, James? I think this is so important. Uh, email me after the show. I think I'm going to offer you a date on our flagship coffee break with Game Changers for October November. Let's do it this year. Okay? I think we it's great. Uh, good. Terrific. Uh, there we go. So, Vanessa Edmonds is going to start us off on the formal roundtable. We're already here. And I'm going to read a little bit from one of the statements she sent me before the show. And then Vanessa will run with it and we'll get Dean and James to chime in. So, Vanessa wants to talk about the new rules of customer engagement vis-a-vis utility. She says customer engagement is no longer a series of one-off experiences. It's an ongoing dialogue. Companies need to be good listeners in the digital age, which requires new skills and new technologies. Vanessa, love this topic. Tell us more, please. Yeah, I think this is a really good starting point for the conversation because it really, then, you know, we get into more of the aspects of, of how we deliver on these new rules of customer engagement. But I would actually amend what I originally sent you and call it the evolving rules of customer engagement. So when we're talking about solutions for problems, I, I like to think of it as there's the Mr. Rights and the Mr. Right Nows. And so there's some problems where there's a definitive solution, you know, it's a closed case and it's done. And an example would be, I don't know if any of you read, but there was a 100-year-old physics problem that was recently solved and announced in June, and it has to do with electromagnetic energy, and it has huge implications for the telecom industry. So that would be a Mr. Right. It was solved and they figured it out. But sort of these Mr. Right now, customer engagement, marketing, a lot of these problems that deal with people, we always have to be on our toes because it's always changing. And what we found is that with all of the digital engagement opportunities and all of the things that are happening with consumers, that we have to be faster and better more than ever probably in history. And so, you know, what we're finding is consumers are impatient. They want an immediate response. I mean, how many of us text a friend and feel annoyed if we don't hear back in 20 minutes? Um, you know, content consumers have now turned into content producers, and that can be very interesting and sometimes scary because, you know, in the utility space, regulators are subservient to customers. And so if customers are saying bad things about our products and our brands Mm -hmm. as utilities, that could make it hard when we go to make our rate cases and get those approved and whatnot. We also find that consumers are very savvy. They have so much access to information that there's no knowing them. They know what's up. They're very active. We're also finding that the millennial population is growing and their needs are different. And we've done actually a lot of research on millennials and some of it is quite surprising. And one that I wanted to point out just because it was so unexpected is that, you know, we all think that millennials are, you know, want to be on their phone and they want to text and get things done. But there's a very savvy group of millennials who actually still want to get on the phone with their utility and they know how to navigate through the IVR as quickly as possible. They want to get to an agent and they want to get something for free or at a discount. So I think it's just important for us to really be on our toes and know that it's, it's an evolving landscape. It's not a problem that we can just solve. Thank you very much. Good intro to the new rules of customer engagement. Dean Afsil at SAP Hybris. Please chime in. What are your thoughts? Agree or disagree? Um. I think I agree with everything that Vanessa said, but I just wanted to add one thing within the context of the prosumer that we were talking about. 
So there's two areas where we see a lot of activity. Uh, one is uh, on the business model innovation. So utilities companies actually uh, going out and selling non-commodity products and services. So they're innovating in how they do the business. That's one thing. But on the other side, there's this drive for prosumers to go out and independently generate their energy and in some instances sell it back. Well, you can do two things if you're a utility, right? You can close your eyes and just let them do what they do. Or you can proactively get ahead of these to-be prosumers and guide them through that process. And because I'm in that process right now, I can tell you what I really need right now, I really need help. I need a trusted advisor, someone that I trust that can handhold me that this is the products that you need to buy. These are the installers that we recommend. This is the time frame. These are the angles on your roof. Right now, I have to go to individually all these different people and functions and companies to get this advice. What would be awesome would be for the youth me and advise me through that process and have a long lifelong uh, customer in the process. So those are the two areas where I really feel there's a lot of activity, a lot of movement. One is selling more than what you're selling now. Second is really adding value by being a trusted advisor to these prosumers. Trusted advisor. I like the introduction of that term. James McClellan, thoughts on the new rules of engagement. What do you see? Yeah, I, I like Vanessa's change in terminology about the evolving mm-hmm. um, uh, rules of engagement now because when I take a look, my mother's generation, uh, she doesn't like IVRs and she doesn't like getting self-service type things. She wants to talk to an actual live agent when something's wrong, and that's usually I'm either moving in, I'm moving out, or i got a question on my bill. And that's the only communication my mother would actually have with a utility. My generation, I'd like to be able to do things online. Uh, I can do some things self-service, but if there is something wrong, uh, chances are I'm going to be one to still speak to an agent uh, to make sure the problem is going to get resolved in a timely fashion. If I take a look at my daughter and my son's generation, this is part of the millennials. I have to see if they actually classify as millennials or not. But they want to do everything as self-service. The last thing they really want to do is talk to an agent. So it kind of surprised me with some of the research that Vanessa just brought up that millennials still want to be able to speak to a live agent because most of the utilities now, their big challenge is the the most costly thing is actually engaging with a customer on a telephone call. This is Mm -hmm. a very expensive process. And whatever way that they can shorten those type of calls uh, is a benefit to the utility. Many utilities are, are going for the drive for zero, as they say, having a zero staff call center. So they're looking at new technologies on being able to predict why a customer is calling in, leveraging artificial intelligence, providing self-service capabilities, and with machine learning, that you're actually going to be speaking with machines to solve your problems. So it, it's a whole changing landscape, and it's leveraging some of these new technologies that we'll probably discuss a little bit later. We certainly will. Thank you. And in the interest of time, instead of circling back to Vanessa, I'm going to pick up some topics from Dean's list, and you'll all have time to comment as well. So, Dean Absol at SAP Hybris. Looking at your notes here, let's talk about the stiff competition from adjacent industries. Let me read a little bit from your notes. You say cloud provides flexible and agile tools. Utilities need to quickly react to market and customer demands. We talked about some of these. Let me go to the next statement. Today, retailers and telco providers, the likes of 
Lowe's and Telestra in Australia are selling home energy solutions that directly threaten the very existence of utilities. And I'm going to give you a sidebar, Dean, before you speak. I am moving to North Carolina in four and a half weeks. And when I set up my account with the power company, and I managed to catch it just before the the previous owners, as of as a week ago, had cut off the power, I managed to get in that window of time so they didn't have to disconnect and they could put my name on the account. They tried to sell me uh, triple play, which would be my my voice, my internet, and uh, my phone, my internet, and my TV. And they did a terrible job, but they said they could get me the best possible deal. They kept me on the phone for 45 minutes. The guy didn't know what he was talking about. He really messed up, and I had to undo everything. But at the time, it sounded like a good idea that the utility was trying to get me a break on the other services, quote-unquote, utilities that I needed. So comment on any or all of this, Dean, in terms of the threats to traditional utilities. Sure, absolutely. So as we see this drive towards self-generation of power, I think this is something that's just going to increase. As awareness increases, um, as the climate changes, as we, you know, the, the millennials who are much more passionate about purpose-driven, you know, uh, you know, initiatives, I think people will produce, start producing more energy. And what retailers, you know, you know what, what utilities today have as competition, it's coming up from all over the place. You know, the prosumer is one, which is actually not really a competition if you really engage with them and offer them services that really complement what they're doing. But the real competition is coming in from traditional retailers like Ikea and Lowe's, where you can actually go and buy a package of home solutions, so panels with installation. Mm. Um, so they're getting ahead of the curb. Uh, another example of, you know, competition that's really come in strong is Telstra. Telstra is a telecommunication provider uh, from Australia. They provide the exact same thing that you had mentioned. They've got the triple plays. You know, they offer cable, internet, phone. Mm -hmm. Now they are offering their install-based customers energy. So you don't now have to buy from your utility. We can actually also provide you energy because they're, you know, creating their own energy with solar farms. So again, when you see all this competition coming in from adjacent industries, what's absolutely critical for utilities is to really have flexible tools, and not just only tools. You know, to, to make real change, you need processes to change, you need technology, and you need the people and the will to do it. So when you have all three of these, the cloud is the best bet to realize value as quick as possible. In this regards, for the examples that I told you, I would say within marketing, you really want to understand what your customers are reading, what they're engaging with, what their preferences are, what they don't like, what channels of communication do they open, which ones do they ignore, uh, what do they... So these are all factors that are really critical for utilities to internalize and then turn around and have strategies for engagement in place and business models in place so they can stay ahead of their competition. Thank you very much. Very interesting. James, love to get your thoughts on this. The threats to the utilities industry, are they already, is this existing? Do utilities leaders, do the, the C-suite at utilities lie awake at night and say, damn, it could be the mom and pop vegetable store down the block that's selling somebody solar panels or energy solutions tomorrow? How pervasive are these threats to the industry? Yeah, Dean's spot on with this. And, uh, you know, it's funny when we speak about the, the prosumer, as customers or other people, the apples of the world, whomever, are starting to generate power and, and provide it as a supply, that's taking away a revenue stream from the, the current utility model. So utilities need to be able to figure out, how am I going to get my nickel out of this rather than just lose 
uh, generation as a whole. Uh, because if I don't start getting new business models, utilities are going to be relegated to just managing the pipes and the, and, and the power lines, or what we refer to as the grid, which is highly regulated and very, very thin margins. So they don't want to fall in that all they're going to be doing is managing the delivery of this. Uh, I have a gas company that I recently moved a couple of years back, and they provided me a service. I said, hey, you're, you're going to have to shut off your gas, but if you stay within our service territory, tell me who your electric provider is, and we'll find you the new electric provider at the best rate. We'll do the shutoff of your water or schedule your water shutoff and turn on. And oh, by the way, who's your telecommunications? Who's your internet provider? We'll contact them and let them know what your move-out date is and what your turn-on date is. And oh, by the way, if you have your internet with AT&T and your telephone line with AT&T, if you move your satellite system up to also have AT&T with, uh, and this is an actual example, with DirecTV, then we'll give you the NFL Sunday ticket for three months for free. And oh, by the way, wow. if you're going to be moving, here's a list of <laughs> approved moving companies that we deal with. So the mm-hmm. utility was actually getting into a completely new business model that they were offering moving services. Yeah. And this was for a, a, a very uh, you know, competitive fee. And it was somebody who was going to do all this for me. So there was value add to it. And you know, this was key. And this is only a starting move for a lot of utilities. Very interesting. So they're smart enough to know they have to reach out and, and add services as well as watching what's happening from the outside. And Vanessa Edmonds at TMG, we'd love to hear your thoughts. Join us, please. Yeah, just sort of piggyback on what James said. I mean, a lot of utilities are missing this opportunity, and it's funny what you were talking about being the new mover. So um, there are a lot of studies saying that the first call a mover makes when, when they're relocating is to set up their power, water, gas. You know, you want to make sure you have your basic utilities. You don't want to move in with cold water in the shower Mm -hmm. sort of thing. And so taking advantage of that first call to offer these additional products and services, not missing that opportunity, um, I think is really big for utilities. And some are doing this and doing it better than it sounds like the experience that you had, Bonnie. Um, But the other... But the other thing is if we tie this back to the cloud and what Dean was talking about is that that allows us to capture information. And what the cloud offers is you can take information from several disparate sources, bring them together almost seamlessly and produce a report. And so it's a really great way to manage that data coming in and then to know. So, you know, you know that maybe today they said no to some of these extra products and services, but they might be a candidate in three months or whatever it happens to be. So that's really where there's an opportunity for the cloud. Thank you very much. Dean, you want to wrap this up briefly because I'm ready to move to something from James. Just a quick uh, comment on what Vanessa and James added. Um, sure. Um, my comment is going to be very quick, but it's going to be on millennials because I want to answer. I We commissioned a research very recently, a voice of consumer study with IDC, and millennials are calling into utilities three, at least three times a year versus all other generations that are not calling in at all. And you know the reason why? Um the reason why is because they try to do everything themselves via self-service, and they can never do it all the way. So they're forced to call in to get support to complete tasks. So I just wanted to make that one point. Beyond that, I think there's nothing else. So millennials are calling in because they cannot complete end-to-end, move-in, move-out type tasks online. 
<laughs> wow. <laughs> now, that, that's a great segue to where I want to go in James' notes. Thank you. Perfect. James says uh, a couple of things. James says, first of all, prepayment may become the new norm for many energy companies driven by, wait for it, millennials' demands. That's the first part, James. The second part I want you to segue into, please, is we are now becoming an app-driven world. Utilities interactions with customers and vice versa will rely on app communications and an increase in self-service processes, or as you say in Canada, processes. Mr. McClelland, try to cover all of this. What do you think? (laughs) Yeah, so um, it's interesting. If you take a look at any product that you purchase, utilities are one of the few that you get to consume before you pay. So there's a laggard from the time that you actually consume to the point that you actually make payment, which is a, you know, it can be a burden on, on a utilities revenue stream. A lot of millennials are liking the prepayment model. This used to be prepaid phones. You, you had your prepaid minutes or text time. Uh, it helps them budget much better. And prepayment is starting to become more and more of a demand that they like to be able to manage their money uh, through uh, instances like this. So you're starting to see utilities uh, looking at actually prepayments for your energy. Now, we've had a, we've had a, uh, a discussion, I think, on one of our previous radio shows on how do utilities market to millennials and how do they attract them to start working at the utility because only 2% mm-hmm. of uh, surveyed university and uh, college people here in the U.S., even considered that they'd work at a utility. And it is an app-driven world. This is what the, how they want to be able to engage. Everything they want to do it should be a push of an app. And to Dean's point that they're being forced to call in because the self-service isn't up to snuff, this is really the area where they take a look at millennials to attract them, to have them put these type of products together for the utility. So it's a great opportunity for the millennial generation on how to be able to uh, uh, have a new workforce coming into the utility. Yeah, we did talk about that before, and it's always interesting to see um, one other question going along with that, James, before I bring in Vanessa and Dean. question is, are we seeing the opening of more positions for data scientists in the utilities field because of all this new technology and the, the demands on them to communicate better and be more agile and flexible or, or not? Oh, absolutely, absolutely. I think it was Dean who had mentioned that this is a, a, a data-driven world, and we have so much data coming in, and it's all being uh, analyzed in real time. But to have a true data scientist, that's a whole new skill set that didn't exist um, five, ten years ago. And this is where utilities are really starting to take a look at. If you can make data into actionable information, that's the golden goose. Thank you very much, Vanessa Edmonds. Love to get your thoughts on this prepayment and anything we have to do with data scientists and the app-driven world of modern utilities. What do you think, Vanessa? Um, so what we're seeing is very similar to what James talked about with prepayment. It's really interesting. About 10 years ago, 95% of the utilities that were offering prepayment were co-ops. And that was in large part when they were when they were their customer base, you know, were disadvantaged or lower income. And so they were offering that so that they could better, you know, they could keep the lights on. And that actually has gone down to 85%. We have recently found a, so 85% of co-ops are offering that. And so 15% are coming from different segments. And we're finding that that is driven by millennials. They would love 
the prepayment option. Again, it helps with budgeting. And so that that's really a strong point. And then when it comes to really the self-service, that was interesting to me as well. J.D. Power has done a number of studies linking utilities that offer really good self-service channels to customer satisfaction. So more and more people are wanting to do things themselves. And a surprising low number of utilities actually have, um, for instance, a mobile bill pay. You know, you can view your usage and pay your bill and whatnot. And so that number we expect to increase because a lot of people want to see their usage. They want suggestions for how to bring down their usage. They want to be able to pay their bill all from their mobile phone and do that in a self-service fashion. Interesting. Dean, thoughts on this? Good stuff we're talking about. Good topics. Sure. Um, I I think uh, I'll maybe just build on it and maybe generalize it a little bit. Um, I think the day and age that we're living in right now, what's absolutely critical for utilities to do is to understand how our preferences are changing. For example, today people don't like to own cars. They like to rent cars. You don't like to buy insurance. You only pay insurance when you drive a car. So there's a paradigm shift. And it's absolutely critical to get ahead and have a portfolio of preferences that people can select from, whether it's uh, prepay, whether it's postpay, very similar to what the telcos are doing. You can buy different plans based on what your preference is. And I think that's kind of the, 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 uh, the, the big takeaway for me is that as long as you align your portfolio of what you're offering from, an, uh, you know, from a solution, from a product, from a service standpoint, with what people are looking for, um, I think you're in a, a, win, a winning situation, um, and I think that's where utilities need to be. Thank you. James, I'll let you wrap this one up before we move into our predictions round, our crystal ball, if you will. I wonder if that's powered by an app or powered by a solar panel. We'll have to find out. <laughs> I actually own a disco ball, so we can call that the, the honorary crystal ball. James, uh, any thoughts on what Dean and Vanessa added to your comments? Yeah, Dean... Dean and myself, I think we, we see the world through the same eyes, and I think most of us all do. Consumers want to be very personalized. I want it to just be me. I just don't want a generic-type contract. So the more the utility gets to know about me, and the better that they can bundle services to what my needs are based on what my profile is, what my characteristics are, the more it's personalized. And this is where you know traditional systems just can't handle that type of bundling. It was just the traditional, you use power, you use water, you use gas, X times Y equals Z or Z. Um, The more you can customize to what my needs are, this is where cloud-type solutions are able to bring these type of models to market much quicker uh, to increase the customer satisfaction. Thank you, James. And I'll wrap up that part before Vanessa. I know she's ready for her 60-second prediction. James, in your notes, you said the following, and I just tweeted it. The cloud is not for everybody, meaning every utility, just for those that want to survive. I think that sums it up very well, James McClellan. Vanessa Edmonds at TMG Consulting, I'm going to give you 60 whole seconds to tell us what do you predict will change about this topic if we met again at some point in the future. 2020 is on my mind, but it could be any time, even five minutes after the show. Go ahead, Vanessa. So my prediction is around the CIS and the CRM. So CIS is, for those who don't know, is the customer information system, and it's really the billing and payment engine. And many have a CRM module, and it's mainly used for contact management, where a full CRM, like it's a salesforce.com or a Dynamics 
CRM. They have full team management, forecasting, that kind of functionality. So my prediction is really that how utilities are using the CRM will change as they're trying to push additional product services and programs to bring in additional revenue. And so with that, I think we're going to see more adapters between the standalone CRMs and then the CIS system so that with the billing and payment, we can be more personalized and capture data and do campaigning and tie all of that to billing and payment. Thank you very much. Dean Afsil, SAP Hybris, ready for you. I give you, oh my goodness, she was so concise. I'm going to give you a whole 90 seconds, Dean. Vanessa, I could give you back 30 if you want. Vanessa, you want a little more? Are you good? I'm good. We'll hand it off to Dean. Thank you. Thank you very much. She's paying it forward, self-prepaying it forward. There you go. Dean, go ahead. Predict for me, please. Well, thank you. Um, Well, I think what utilities are going to realize, and my prediction is that they will realize that the gold mine that they're sitting on needs to be taken advantage of. And what that gold mine is the relationship, the last mile relationship with the install base. Retailers and other companies would bend over backwards to have that kind of intimate relationship with the end customer. And my prediction is that I think a few progressive utilities are really going to take the lead and start building a business that targets the energy ecosystem versus just being a one-way supply. We're just losing, Dean. We're losing your microphone a little bit there, Dean. Uh, you know what? I'm going to go to James and see if we can get Dean a little clearer. James, why don't you do your predictions, and we'll see if we can get Dean back a little more clearly. Go ahead, James. So I see utilities are going to become much more service providers. So Dean had started off about uh, considering moving to solar farms. Uh, utilities need to get their fingers into that pot. They are still considered as the valued advisor when it comes down to how to hook this stuff together uh, rather than the guy from Home Depot uh, so that they can offer that service. Uh, I also think that they're going to become more of upsellers that we're seeing of uh, additional traditional services. Uh, but I also figure uh, my prediction is we see the studies that there's going to be close to 35% of the homes in North America will be smart homes by 2025. I think you're going to see utilities getting into the services of providing those smart devices, but also getting into the construction. There's lots of very smart engineers at utilities, and to make energy-efficient houses and energy-efficient products, I think you're going to see utilities start getting into the building construction of commercial buildings as well as housing. Very interesting, and we have Dean Nafsil back. I hope you're clearer. Dean, why don't you start your prediction all over again? I can give you 60 seconds this time. Go ahead. Sure, no problem. I missed, uh, I lost my 30 seconds. <laughs> no, you got, yes, you did. Go ahead. <laughs> <laughs> so here's my prediction. I predict that there are, uh, utilities will start really taking advantage and leveraging the last mile relationship that they have with customers. So they send a bill to their end customers every month. Um, A lot of other industries cannot say that. And what I feel is that they are going to really expand into the energy ecosystem and start selling more non-commodity products and services. Right now, the adoption based on the IDC study is about 3 to 13% of people uh, will buy an alternative energy product or service from a utility. I think that number is going to go up significantly. Um, And I also feel like some progressive companies, utilities, if they start financing large ticket items like a fridge or an uh, HVAC system, and they add it and break it up into the utility bill and spread it out over 12 months, 
I think that's going to be the switch. When utilities don't stay only utilities, they're going to become something else. So that's my prediction. Thank you very much. I have to tell you all, I was shocked when a uh, major triple play provider down south, I asked them if they would please confirm my order by email, and they said they did not have any way to email me as the new customer, that I would have to wait for a paper bill to arrive. I almost fell off my chair. We'll just leave that one alone. Vanessa Edmonds at TMG Consulting, so nice to meet you. Thank you so much for your insights and your savvy Dean Afsal at SAP Hybris. Same thing, and James McClellan, kudos and hats off to you for bringing together a wonderful panel. Very interesting topic, and James, looking forward to your 10th episode coming up in a couple weeks, as well as a brand new season for you next year. We'll talk about topics. Shout out to Kevin at World Talk Radio, our engineer extraordinaire today and all week. Thank you, Kevin. I'm Bonnie D. Graham. Here's my call to action, and this is the end of our broadcast week. We'll be back next Tuesday with two live shows and all week long, all under the banner of Game Changers Radio. So fasten your seatbelt. What are you waiting for? Be like Vanessa. Be like Dean. Be like James. Go out and be a game changer today, right now. Talk to you next week. Bye-bye. Thanks again for tuning in to Game-Changing Utilities of the Future, presented by SAP. The best-run businesses run SAP. To keep the conversation going, tweet your questions and comments to Twitter hashtag SAPRADIO. Please join host Bonnie D. Graham again Thursdays on the Business Channel. We wish you a positively game-changing week. Thanks again for listening to the preceding program brought to you on the Voice America Business Channel. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericabusiness.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the preceding program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management.